You're listening to episode 39 of the Walking Closer podcast. Welcome to the Walking Closer podcast. I'm Adam Como, your host. Today's discussion is centered around what is commonly referred to as a fight-or-flight response. We're going to talk about what's going on with us physically when this is triggered and even what those triggers might be. You might be surprised. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. The fight-or-flight mode is a natural reaction that kicks in when there's a perceived threat or some sort of danger. Uh, It's a very natural thing, uh, it's a very physical thing that our bodies go through to prepare us to respond to this perceived danger, whether we're going to fight or we're going to run. Now, we can find ourselves in various situations where this fight or flight is stimulated. Now, let's just briefly first talk about what's going on in those situations with our bodies. Uh, First, our brains are hardwired for the fight-or-flight reaction. Uh, In certain situations, a a part of our brain is stimulated and and the nerve cells begin to uh, fire off and chemicals like adrenaline and noradrenaline and cortisol are released throughout our bodies. Our brains go in high alert mode. Blood from certain parts of our body is redirected to our muscles and limbs, preparing us to fight or to run because we need the energy, we need the stamina, we, we need the power, the strength. Our, our pupils begin to be dilated, uh, our sight sharpens, we become more aware, our impulses quicken, our pain tolerance increases, and so on. I mean, our bodies go through real changes that prepare us for survival mode, and, and, and that's it. Survival is the name of the game, and that's the only concern in that moment. Everything is viewed as a threat, and, and, and there, there's no time for rational discussions. We, we are in attack or escape mode. And in this mode, we are prepared to overreact. And overreacting is not seen as a bad thing necessarily. There's, there's no time to intentionally consider the long-term consequences of your reactions when you're just trying to survive. It's all about survival in that moment. And that is it. Now, listen, when, when our, our lives are threatened, literally, you can see why this could and would work to your advantage. When we have adrenaline rushing through our bodies, we're able to do things that we could not do otherwise. It, it will surprise ourselves, right? It's, it's what enables people to lift cars up, off of trapped people and, and, and or emergency responders to be able to go into, you know, and rush into these horrendous situations that are jam-packed with stress and know what to do and do what's needed and stay focused and it allows soldiers to be able to do what's needed in the moment and so on i mean this is this is great when we're faced with actual physical threats right but therein lies that's the problem when the fight or flight mode is initialized it's under stressful situations and stress there is the key Today, most of the situations that trigger the fight-or-flight reaction are not physically life-threatening. They're just stressful. In fact, it's more a 
psychological than it is physical today. You know, think about being in situations like like a bad marriage, a toxic marriage, right? Uh, dealing with overdue bills and you know facing collection agencies. What about just rush hour traffic, arguments that we get into you know, with angry bosses, you know, toxic work environments, and countless other situations and factors that just build up stress within us and uh, that we find ourselves in daily, even that that really probably pose no real physical threat. I mean, every day, these imagine these same chemicals that cause us to be able to, you know, just figure out how to survive in that moment that are life-threatening. Imagine those chemicals being released every day where there is really no physical threat, right? It's just mental. It's all psychological. Those same chemicals released and we are mentally and physically prepared to fight or flee right? and, but there's no necessarily physical threats where <laughs> uh, and these situations aren't necessarily situations that you can actually fight or from which you can run you you actually have to deal with the marriage. You have to figure out ways to catch up on the bills or better manage your finances. You have to sit in traffic and figure out ways to manage that time and your emotions. You've got to figure out ways to deal with toxic work environments and angry bosses and arguments and other situations we find ourselves in and the stress that we have to deal with on seemingly on a regular basis. But regardless... We face things, maybe even on a daily basis, that trigger fight or flight. Experiencing all the chemical releases and the emotional and physical bodily changes that come with that. We become aggressive and overreact, right? Because we're, we're, we're in survival mode, not, in, not in intentionally responding appropriately. Like we, we're focused on that moment and, and can care less about future consequences of what we do in that moment. And, and we react in ways, well, that actually can hurt us. Listen, there are people who, and you may be one, you're seemingly living life in this current of stress. The sum total of your life is just going from one crisis to another. Life is just like just one giant crisis. And we're just doing everything we can to survive and get from one moment to the next. And we see the results of this all the time. You know, just think about hearing reports about some road rage situation. I, I know you've experienced the symptoms of fight or flight. Your heart begins to race. Your muscles tense up. Thoughts begin to race. If you have an anxiety disorder, your fight-or-flight reaction is easily triggered. And so many people today have issues with anxiety. So I know we experience the symptoms of this. We know what this feels like. And in today's world, our fight-or-flight reaction is easily put into hyperdrive through psychological rather than real physical means. Just the constant release of these stress hormones wrecks havoc on us physically and mentally. Everything we experience from headaches to high blood pressure, chronic fatigue, depression, and so on. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Now, I'm not a doctor, and what I have stated here is just simply based on my own experiences and research. Obviously, this is, this is not 
by any means thorough treatment of the subject. And it wouldn't take long, though, for you to find resources if you wanted to dive further. I just simply see the fight or flight as a part of our reactive mode, considering the last episode. When, when something happens, our bodies react, right? These situations take place, our bodies react. However, we can cautiously choose to respond differently. And being aware of what's happening within us is what is helpful in consciously choosing to respond differently. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy necessarily, but awareness is key. And what I am most interested in is what we can do, right? how we can respond to this reality and even ultimately reduce the stimulation of our fight or flight modes. Again, lots of information out there, lots of resources and different ways presented as potential aids in reducing stress, etc. But as I see it, it really comes down to two things that we can do. Two things that we can do immediately. And this has to do with our physical environments. It has to do with our internal environments. But let's first talk about physical environments very briefly. So if you find yourself in these toxic environments and these situations over and over and over again, high stress levels, right? You can simply just remove yourself from the toxic environments, right? Uh, if, if a situation takes place and you, you feel you know, the, the sensations of the fight or flight, right? Uh, you can remove yourself, go find a quiet place, regather yourself, um, you know, remove yourself from noisy environments that intensify your reactions um, and uh, regroup and go back at it again, right? You can calm down. Uh, if the source of your stress is work, sure, you can, you can change jobs, right? You can maybe take the day off. Um, you can remove yourself either temporarily or permanently even. If the source of your stress is, you know, um, rush hour traffic or traffic in general, well, find new ways of transportation. You can find other ways to get to and from work or wherever you're going, and that is possible, but not always. And that's really what leads us to talking about the internal environment. So while there are some things that we can do, right, removing yourself physically uh, or making long-term changes to your physical environments may, may be helpful, right? But they may not be possible. And in long-term, it doesn't necessarily that it'll bring, mean that it will bring about permanent change, right? Because what happens if you change jobs, for instance? And there's no real internal change in how you deal with and address the stress and so forth. Well, you may end up finding yourself back in the same place. So regardless, I think we need to pay attention to what's going on with us internally. And this is where transforming into the image of Jesus comes into the discussion. Right? This is where literally being a disciple of Jesus pays off, where we seek to absorb the character of Jesus and live, live as if he were living our lives in our particular circumstances. Right? This is where all the things that I've said concerning our emotions and our feelings and our beliefs and what's going on in the heart and spiritual formation are important. While literally removing ourselves short-term or even long-term might be helpful, the permanent solution will always involve internal change, right? And internal change involves new perspectives, new ways of thinking, new ways of responding. 
That's transformation of the heart. And that's exactly what Jesus came to present to us, to give to us. That's the power of the gospel. And I love to look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, uh, when it comes to talking about these, these things. I believe it's a good illustration, right? I mean, you think about, take a step back and think about what Jesus is doing. He began his ministry by preaching, at least, at least a synopsis of what he has been preaching is, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus goes about presenting a new way of living, a new way of being. He presents the option of living a life within the kingdom of God, under the reign and rule of God, which transcends time and space, right? It's a kingdom without borders. It's a kingdom in which he moves, and it's filled with his purposes and his will. And it's a certain kind of life that, is, that, is, that he's offering, right? that is in him. And it is available to all. And Jesus goes about demonstrating the power and the availability of the kingdom as it has broken, as it were, into humanity's world. And he did this by meeting the needs of those around him, saying, see, here is the kingdom. Here's the power of the kingdom, showing this power over sickness and disease and over demons, over nature and so on. And thereby illustrating the presence of the kingdom and its authority. And in turn, Jesus could point out people who have been touched by the kingdom, and he could say, you see, look at how blessed they are because they have been touched by the kingdom, by divine life. And that divine life provided new perspectives, right? which is why he could say things like, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world, and new ways of seeing things, turning the other cheek, loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you, right? Uh, going the extra mile, New ways of thinking and of responding, uh, of uh, new ways of living, no matter the circumstances or situation. And when we continue, as you go throughout Scripture, to see the results of this with people who were literally faced with life-threatening situations where fight or flight would have been triggered. And yet, we see them respond in ways that are different. We see the results of hearts being transformed. Right? We see the message spoken from the hearts that were being changed. And it was a message that reflected this change in perspective, a change in thinking, a change in responding, and a change of life. Read the epistles. That's what you see. Right? But here's, here's my point. Our issues with responding or reacting can be resolved. And we can learn to live in the responsive mode. But it is a process. And it's a process we engage when we focus on transformation of the heart. Now, next episode, I want to address how we can engage this process further. Specifically, when it comes to dealing with our body's natural response to the excessive amount of psychological stress, really, that we go through every day. So thanks for listening. Please consider subscribing to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, share with others who might benefit. And if you have any questions, you can drop me an email at adam at walkingcloser.com. And join me next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.